Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? Is that a Bayern Munich shirt? Uh, no, it's a Notting- Nottingham Forest. I do have a Bayern I Munich shirt. I couldn't see it behind the But yeah, it's all, they're all Adidas. They all have the similar three-stripe yeah. design. Um, yeah. I'm, do- I'm, doing, I'm doing okay, a little somber, but, you know, we're, we're kind of in mourning here. Yeah. Uh, partial morning we still got one more team playing basketball but um you know yeah a little little depressing on this on this monday yeah uh that's gonna be uh the end of our ncaa tournament uh experience uh, mm-hmm. on both the men's and the women's side texas loses to miami 88 to 81 it's a game where texas looked in control man I mean, yeah. there's no other way you could say it. Texas was in control. They threw the alley-oop to, I think it was Dylan Mitchell, going mm-hmm. 10 with like nine minutes left. Like, everything was kosher. Everything looked great. And ah, they just couldn't pull it out. I, I honestly, I want you to describe the last nine minutes because to me it was a whirlwind. To me it was just like it didn't feel like it was actually happening because Texas was in so dominant this entire tournament, and then it just right. turned off. I think, like – for me, it was one of those like like. Have you ever? <laughs> it's gonna sound weird, but have you ever had like that that feeling of like something you're worried about that just won't leave your mind? Yes. And just like things could be happening, and it's it's you know nothing like has happening yet, or like you're not even sure like what's really gonna. But like you ever like there's something either it's something you kind of forgot about, and you're like, or you're distanced yourself from it, and you're like ah, no, that's, that's in the, I'm good. Like, you know, we're three days removed from whatever, right. You were worried about, like when I was younger, I used to get worried about the weather and all that. Like when did we get bad weather, you know, like, Oh no, man, they said it was going to rain today. And so like all day, you're just thinking about the rain, like, you know, things like, uh, you could be just going through, you know, you'd be having fun with your friends at school, joking around, but then in the back of your mind, you're like, the weather's supposed to get bad tonight. You know, like that, that was me when I was a little kid. This was kind of like that, except like, it was as if like you went through like they said it was going to rain like every day and then it didn't for like four days. And then on the fifth day it rained like (laughs) for me, because Texas was in full control of this, like you said, but they weren't getting stops. Right. Like, like Miami was scoring on their end. I think Miami was shooting like 63% and Texas was up 12 at one point. Yeah. I think, let me see. Chris Vanini had it at halftime. Uh, let me see if I can find it exactly. Miami is shooting 65% for the game and trails by 11, right? Like, and here I was like, that's weird, but but it didn't matter, right? Texas was yeah. Texas was just carving them up. It did not matter. And so that was like the existential thing where it's like, is that going to come back to bite them? And then you were like, no, no, no. They're up, they're up 11. They're up 13, right? With like, I forgot what, like eight, seven minutes to go or something like that. And you're like, well, they can't stop Texas. So what does that matter? And then Texas had their, I guess their worst stalling of Drought. the year. Like, where they just stopped. I don't know. They just stopped being able to push the ball. They stopped moving with with the confidence that they were moving in the first half, and even in most of the second half, they just kind of stagnated and things slowed down. And Miami toughened up on their end of the ball of of the of the court, and it just wasn't wasn't as easy for texas and and then we got to a point where texas needed to stop and they couldn't get one (laughs) and 
Nigel Peck got whatever he wanted. Jordan Miller got whatever he wanted. Isaiah Wong was great. Like, let me see. One, two, three, four, five. All five of Miami starters had double figures in this game, right? Isaiah Wong or Jordan Will, Jordan Miller led with 27 points. Yeah. And, like, you look at the Texas talent, and you're like, oh, well, this is – that. like, you get Timmy Allen dropping 25, having his best game of, of probably in a while. Marcus Carr dropping 17, right? You had Tyrese Hunter with five assists, right? You had the, you had people like contributing and you just could not get the one stop. Let me see. Miami finished shooting 65% from two, sorry, 66% yeah. from two. And they only made two threes and they scored 88 points. <laughs> they did not make a three in the second half. Right. The two threes came in the first half. It was two threes absolutely... and they scored almost 90 points. Are you kidding me? <laughs> With the guards that they have, with the, I mean, they didn't, it was basically to me, mm-hmm. it was to use the old adage, it was a game where between two teams that were going to see who would blink first. Sure. Who sure. was going to stop scoring for two minutes or three minutes? And that was going to decide the winner and the loser. And Texas blinked. And, I mean, you could argue Miami, you know, arguably blinked, I guess, in the first half when Texas went and extended their lead. Mm-hmm. But Miami was never out of the game because they never went on a, another stretch where they were missing shots. Right. Late in the game, Texas, I don't want to say they, they tightened up, but it didn't feel this, it didn't feel as fluid as it had, feel, had, had been feeling. And you can credit Miami a little bit to that, but at the end of the day, you know, with Rodney Terry as a coach, they have a very free-flowing type of feel to them, a very free-flowing offense where it is mm-hmm. these guards going to work time after time after time. And I understand Christian Bishop and I understand um, Timmy Allen were good in this tournament run and all that stuff. And Brock Cunningham has been good in the tournament run. Do you think they got away from the guards a little bit too much in, in the second half there? Yeah, I think that... One, I will say this. I got to give full credit to Miami because remembering some of the shots that they took in that game, they just straight up spaced the floor and said, Marcus Carr is going to play defense today. You know, like uh, Jabari Rice is going to have to, Sir Jabari Rice is going to have to play defense today. Right. And I wonder if that wore on them towards the end of the game where, you know, as you mentioned, it's it's kind of, it is kind of look, just go if for anybody who who is kind of wondering what I'm thinking about what I'm what I'm talking about. Go back and watch when this game gets tied. I think with like six minutes to go or five mm-hmm. minutes to go or something like that. Go back and watch the shot selection from both teams. Right, it's Nigel Peck and Jordan Miller going one on one, getting something in the lane, whether it's a floater, step back, or to the lane or whatever. Right, and then go back and look at the shots that Texas is having to get. It's a lot of Marcus Carr, crazy turnaround step shot. Back, like it, jump yeah, yeah, step back mid-range. Uh, Serge Barry Rice having to take like a tough layup angle. And like, it's a lot more contested and it's a lot more, uh, you know, it's it, granted that's the, those are the shots they've made all year, right? That they're, those guys are tough shot makers, but they're really, really difficult shots. And eventually I think that just wears on a team when you, when one team's just getting straight up layups one-on-one, right? Texas wasn't able to, and we, this is where we should mention, you know, of course, they missed Dylan DeSue right. and he missed another game. And sure, yeah, they would have probably won this game with him just because somebody else is in the paint, right? Like yeah. uh, Miami was able Miami was able to space the floor and they had nobody really protecting the paint. But still, Texas was up 13. They should have won this game regardless. Um, but 
yeah, I think like we this team, this defense has been good all year, but it hadn't been top level great, right? And I think that's kind of one of the issues is a lot of the defensive principles I think that have been instilled were kind of lost to the wayside a little bit over the course of the year. Granted, we saw infinitely better offense yes. and scoring. Like that's that's the gamble you took. And for a while, sure, like probably nine games out of ten, they win this game and we're not questioning it at all. Um, but still, and I think I mean I got a hint on it. I got a hit on it too. I hate to pick on the kid, but Brock Cunningham cannot be playing these crunch, crunch time minutes. Like I'm sorry, like I agree. He had he had the dip, he had the defensive foul, which was a foul, you know, uh-huh. um, where Omier goes for the ball. He jumps straight up, and Brock Cunningham just keeps backing up, goes under yeah. him. Like if Brock Cunningham just makes a play on the ball, that's a that's a that's an uh, offensive foul, and Texas yeah. gets the ball back. Um, but then he, of course he gets for some reason they go to him on like two possessions later on offense, and he gets like a a floater that misses, and yeah, and then he takes like a, a, a like an instant like quick three like. You weren't getting stops on defense. And so in my opinion, I was like, why Why was he in there? Like, he's there for defense and rebounding, but you weren't getting stops anyway. And so I was like, you have to match Miami shot for shot. And they that lineup wasn't able to do that, uh, basically. It's it's just crazy because Dylan DeSue, like you said, Dylan DeSue not being there. I asked one of my Texas friends if he thought DeSue, you know, if they win this game with DeSue, and he's probably just emotional and still upset, and he, but he said no, and I think that's probably him being upset from them losing this game because they should not have lost this game. This is straight up, they should not have lost. I think you make a good point, though, in saying this is kind of what this team became, and I don't want to say that we're a victim of their own success, but it's kind of like we're having so much success offensively the defense did fall by the wayside. If Chris Beard is the head coach of this team mm-hmm. still, this game is not played in the 80s. Like, it's right. just not. And right. with that being the case, now you do open your door up to a Miami team that has been incredibly hot all all tournament to having a game like this where Jordan Miller goes 7-7 seven seven from the field and 13-13 from the free throw line. And mm-hmm. this Texas team under Chris Beard probably doesn't get dominated at the free throw line the way that they did in sure. this game. 32 to 15 at the free throw line. Miami goes 28 of the 32 that they had. Um, they were just living in the paint and DeSue would help that. So that's why I'm not sure they might maybe do win this game if they had DeSue because they get a little bit more rim protection because without DeSue, they just don't do not have rim protection. They had one block in the game. Miami also had one block in the game, but I don't think of Miami as being, a big you know defensive team and so that's the run the risk you run is if you're not going to play defense miami already was not going to come into this game playing defense and so Mm -hmm. now you're just going to shoot out now you you open the door to having those stretches to where you can lose the game if tyrese hunter misses a three if marcus carr misses a step back jumper and the shot making in this game was out of this world like i mm-hmm. i don't want to take anything away from that this game was incredible oh this game was just buckets like consistently <laughs> like real buckets that's what this yeah. game was uh miami ends it with a 122 offensive rating um and you have pack wong miller just a really really good trio there doing the heavy lifting for them so it's not like if you look at the box score, it makes sense you're like okay miami just had a great shooting game you know it's hard to beat them in that in that aspect Mm-hmm. but Texas 
felt like they're the more talented team, feels like they are the better team, and feels like in a year where the NCAA tournament is as wide open as we've ever seen, literally, Mm -hmm. this is a giant missed opportunity for Texas as a basketball program to win a national title, like flat out. Even though they would have had to play UConn in the next round, who has been the best team in the tournament, Mm -hmm. this is one of the best chances you can ask for to win a national title, and that's what makes it hurt. Yeah, I mean – you know, we can we can transition to the, the Ronnie Terry discussion after this, but like I think like this is gonna sting, right? This is gonna sting for for a lot of fans because like because of all the things you mentioned, right? You see all the number one seeds fall away. You see, you know, aside from UConn, probably like you're you're looking like the best team left in the bracket. Um, you know, and a big part of that is you know the offense that they were able to kind of generate um, with this more free flowing, uh, free flowing look, and you know you seem at least until last night it looked like they found the decent balance, right? Like it looked like they had found the balance yep. of maybe not lockdown defense, but good enough defense to maybe to let the offense just kind of flow the way it had. You had a nice uh, uh, flow with just Serge Barry Rice coming off the bench and being that shot maker. And Tyrese Hunter kind of finally took a step back and become just more of a facilitator and defender. And you really thought you had the balance with this team. And of course, before he got hurt, Dylan Sue coming into his own as well. I think that's probably the one of the more disappointing aspects of it is that we didn't get to see this team at full strength go down. You know, um, it was more of a you know they looked good against Xavier, and then of course they looked good enough to win here. But you still would have preferred to have seen the healthy team um, uh, win or lose. Um, so yeah, no, I mean I, I agree. Like I jokingly said before uh, this weekend that like every team left's gonna hate themselves if they lose this if they don't win the national title, right? And like it's gonna be true because one hundred percent. Yeah, FAU and San Diego State's playing for a chance to go to a national yeah. title game, right? Like that's basically I mean, yeah, the, yeah. Every team, Kansas State's kicking itself, Creighton's kicking itself, sure. Texas Gonzaga, kicking itself. of course. Like Gonzaga got beat down, and they're like, are we? Are they? Are they ever yeah. going to get it done? You know, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, let's let's you know let's let's move on to you know the 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 big discussion now. Last um, thing, well, last thing I'll say ahead, before we move yeah. on. Um, I on a positive note, yeah, there is not there's not many players I can remember in my brief lifetime of players, college basketball players more smooth than Serge Abari Rice, man. Mm-hmm. That dude mm-hmm. is so much fun to watch. Uh, yeah. And this team, like we're going to like, it, it's going to sting, mm-hmm. but they made the elite eight. This was an incredibly talented Texas team and a really, really good season for them. So uh, I think that will help us transition into the Rodney Terry news, but man, what a, team and what a run this was because this was this was something to uh to take notice of this is gonna be yeah like the future is the future's regard again like, like we'll transition here but like the it. players returning there's gonna be some fun players coming back right and, but like you mentioned they're not they're gonna miss Serge boy rice so much like a dude who within one year just became like a fan favorite so who right, are the seniors? Like, the seniors yeah. here are rice and i i'm not 100 i think they said cunningham's coming back Cunningham is coming back. Okay, uh, Carr is gone, and then Allen is gone. I think. And Bishop is senior as well. I don't know his eligibility situation, right. but yeah, Allen, Carr, Rice at the very least are gone, and then Cunningham's back, and then Bishop. I'm is a senior. I don't know. I'm assuming he's yeah. gone. Desu's back. Desu's back. Um, Arterio Morris, who didn't play much, but he's still he's still going to be part player. of the future. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Dylan Mitchell. He, I mean, I, I would like for him to come back. I don't think he's ready for the pros. Um, I don't think so either. But 
but you know, we'll see. But then they got Ron Holland coming in, top player in Texas, and yep. then they have um AJ Johnson, I believe, another five star. So like, you know, they'll I think they'll need some probably they'll need some guard help, right? Probably via the transfer portal. Um, probably, or, I mean, they'll have Tyrese Hunter, of course, back, but you know, they'll probably need some a scoring guard, somebody like it to fill the car, uh, Rice role. Yeah. Um, and they'll probably get one more front court player to help out through the portal. So, I mean, yeah. this is gonna be a fun team to watch, like, regardless, but yeah, no, I agree. Like, the senior, the senior leadership and the senior, like, just like, uh, experience on this team was just so easily, yeah. like, in one year again, right? Like, Serge Barry Rice comes in and just instantly becomes like, a favorite that's going to be remembered for a long time with this fan base. Cause he came in, of course he's a native Texan, but he came in from same uh, New Mexico state and just like took the, took the field by storm, man. I didn't expect him to be this good in the big 12. <laughs> I can't wait in six, seven years for someone to put together a compilation of Serge Barry Rice and be like, Oh, hey, all, the pump, all the pump fake highlights. <laughs> right? and, oh my just God. The, and like, <laughs> I'm like, it's just, I just can't wait for it. Cause that's yeah. what I, that's what I want. I keep seeing these videos of like, 20 i think i saw a tj ford mixtape the other day and i was like <laughs> all right and i saw a cj fair one actually oh 20, man 14, that's 13, a name 12, 14, whenever it was yeah senior year and I, I just i just see these ones i'm like all right i want to see serge by rice's one just right he, he's the players. he'd be the perfect guy for that too remember it's the remember serge by rice at texas yeah it's just yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know nothing about this <laughs> right, right, right exactly oh, i don't tell, i'll tell you who had the best pump fake in the game the best pump serge fake i ever rice. saw <laughs> no one can sit on it. <laughs> but anyways, let's let's move on. Like you said. Yep. Um, it was announced soon after the loss that Texas would be um offering Rodney Terry the job. Yeah. And then this morning it was finalized that uh Rodney Terry has been hired to be the team's next uh head basketball coach. What we we speculated throughout the entire season, really, mm-hmm. since ever since Beard was fired said what would it take for Rodney Terry to make to get this job I think most of us said elite eight oh, was it official? I didn't say was it official or was it still like pending I see um I, John Ross thing says okay. Texas finalized okay, okay. to hire okay. Rodney Terry as the team's next men's basketball head coach but thank okay. you for double checking on that um we speculated the whole year we're like sweet 16 elite eight final four we weren't sure mm-hmm. um well they get to an elite eight they obviously have a great year Yep, and Texas makes the move to hire him full time. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I think this is this is the right move. I mean, you know, I think we've been we've been very skeptical because obviously we cover the state and we know his tenure at UTEP um, didn't go quite as as it wasn't even that the fact that it didn't go quite as as planned, but it's the fact that Joe Golding came in and had a better year pretty quickly. Um, and they've been better in his short tenure, even though they haven't been at that great either. Um, but I still think you can't look at what he did this year, what he did in the postseason. What is this, the first Elite Eight since like 2006, something like that? Like something oh crazy. God, yeah. um, and you can't look at him and say, well, that's not good enough. Right. Like you just can't, like in my opinion. Um, he's proven to be a good recruiter. Um, Ron Holland spoke highly of him. He, the, today's the McDonald's All American press conferences, and Ron Holland talked about him. And so he clearly played a played a big role in his recruitment. Yep. Um, at UTEP, that was his thing, right? He got talent to he there. Talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I tweeted out that my, you know, 
it wasn't that to me, it wasn't that he didn't earn it, right? That was never going to be my issue with it, right? He earned the job on paper, on the court, based, and like that's all you can really do as an as a AD is like judge somebody by what you see and what they've done. It's like what he's done this year, yeah, that he deserves the job. The question comes now, and my all, my all, my hesitation has always been, okay, now what's what happens next year? What happens the year after that, right? What happens when it becomes more of his roster as opposed to a uh, kind of a weird transition, you know, uh, outside circumstances kind of playing into it? What happens when it's just his program, right? Now, granted, things are weird. Coaching's weird. He could absolutely be you know, the best head coach they've had since Rick Barnes and even, you know, early Rick Barnes when he was making Final Fours and all that stuff and, you know, being a top five team in the country. He could absolutely be that. I'm not denying that. Um, But there is also the lingering thing that we've seen this guy two years ago as a head coach um, to mix results. And so based off what we've seen, I don't see how there was any way they couldn't hire him. Yeah. Um, And he, like I said, he's done everything to deserve it. He clearly, like... I think the biggest thing that that would be alleviating my concerns is that he clearly views Texas as different. Like he left UTEP to go to be an assistant coach at Texas, right? Like, and I don't think that was a situation where like, oh, I'm I can't win at UTEP, so I'm going to leave, right? I don't think it was that situation. I think he sincerely does have like a soft spot for going back to Texas after working under Rick Barnes there after being there for so long, and so I. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a better tenure at Texas than he did at Fresno and, and UTEP at all. Um, these guys like him. I'm curious to see what type of player he brings in, right, now that he's the guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's the right move, and I think it's the only move they really could have made. I think you're 100% right. It is. It would have been really tough to move on from Rodney Terry. The only way they could have done it is if they knew for a fact they could get a huge name. Like I was about to say, like, at this in, rate, at this rate, the only thing that could have like stopped was like Jay Wright's on the phone. Exactly. You know, like 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 not even like Calipari. No, at this time, no, like not not Calipari. Um, there's no other name. Eric Musselman's not as Bill, like hot of Billy a name Don- right now. I know some people wanted Billy Donovan. Right, but like somebody like that. Right, exactly. it had to be Billy Donovan or Jay Wright's willing to exactly. say, "Yeah, I'm willing to come out of retirement." That's the only thing yeah. you could have done if you're Cristiano yeah. Conte. You're not. That's that's like you said, it doesn't feel like like that. That's all it would have. That's what it would have taken for Ronnie Terry not to get this job after the year that they had. Now, to your point, there will be pressure and expectations next year and the year after that. Like this is this is not going to be a rebuilding process. He's not going to get a year of grace period. If this team is not in the sweet 16, maybe even next year, Mm -hmm. like it, it, there will be questions. Immediately. I don't know the contract details. I don't know what, what all is going to play into that. I don't think it will be very long contracts as mm-hmm. far as guaranteed goes, but it's going to be really quickly. All right, let's see it. From day one, Rodney Terry, what what do you have? Because I think it's fair to evaluate this team as his team because he did coach so much of the season and he did was he did recruit, um, obviously, uh, some of these players and a lot of these players. But at the end of the day, there's so much that goes into coaching a basketball team from the off season to during the season to the postseason to everything. That is a different animal. And my question, and I, I again, I think they had to hire Rodney Terry, but the thing that I would say if I was a Texas fan would be like, 
if we had if we had fired Chris Beard after this season, mm-hmm. like let's just say like right now he was fired, and we did a coaching hot board, Rodney right. Terry, I don't know how high he'd be on the list. Sure, sure, but obviously he did what he did with this team over the mm-hmm. last two months, and you can't take that away from him, so he deserves a job. I'm just saying, if Texas had the job open right now, right, it would be. Eric Musselman, Nate Oates, or whoever else, you know, whoever you fill in the blanks with all these, these people. That's the question I have is that we're going to have to see it and he's going to have a very short leash. And so if you're going to give him a short leash, why even hire him? But I, he deserves the chance. He deserves the opportunity. And I think that's where you're right. And I think that's where Texas is right to give him the opportunity here. Yeah. I think I, I am curious about, I mean, we'll see about the contract, obviously. Um, I am curious to see what exactly what exactly it looks like because um, when they hired like I'm trying to think when they hired Steve Sarkeesian for example for football right it wasn't exactly seen as a dynamite hire but they gave yeah. him they gave him a good I think it was like a five year deal right it was yeah. like a good deal where they were saying hey this is gonna be you know like you meant this is gonna be a rebuild right we know this is gonna be this is gonna take yeah. some time you have time right it's not what Rodney Terry's walking into so yeah I think. I wouldn't be shocked if they gave him a five-year deal, but I wouldn't be I would be shocked if that whole deal was guaranteed. Let's say that much. Yeah. Right. Like I'd be surprised if it was like I don't know. I'm curious because like Chris Beard was, I believe, was making more than Steve Sarkeesian, which is unheard of. He was, making, he was making a lot, like three something. Right. Cause tech because he was one of the highest paid coaches at tech, so they had to hire him away. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I'm curious to see the figures because yeah, like they didn't now they were obviously hiring him to keep him away from other jobs. Like obviously some teams, some programs are waiting to see what happened with Rodney Terry before they made their hire. Right. I yeah. think that was something that's um, pretty obvious, but you weren't exactly like he was always going to pick up the phone for y'all them first. And I think he exactly. probably would have, if somebody would have offered him more, like, let's just say I'm not reporting anything, but let's just say like tech came at him with 2.5 or something. I think he would have taken two to stay at Texas. I in my opinion, he was like, he I don't think at Texas. That's what it felt yeah, like. Yeah. I th- I th- yeah, exactly. So you're not outbidding anybody in per, per se. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm very fascinated about the terms of it. Um, I do think next year. Yeah. Next year is going to be pretty, not high expectations. This was, this year, this was, this was the year, whether it was Chris Peter, Roddy Terry, this was the year that they were supposed to compete for a national title. Right. Um, but, expectations don't fall right if, if houston's coming into the big 12 right and all of a sudden if texas goes to fifth or sixth next year there's questions right um i don't think they will but that's that's now the level that they're at because he's set the standard back pretty high to you know to early rick barnes era which was this yeah. elite and, eight you know uh, top five in the country and man like even though it's not a rebuild mm-hmm. it's it, they are going to have to reload significantly. Like, oh you, sure, no, hundred percent. Yeah, the not that they have on the team. Yeah, you. Regardless if Desu, because Desu is technically a senior, I'm assuming mm-hmm. he's returning. I don't know. I think he. Can, yeah, I, I have to look at that. I think I thought he was. I thought he had some eligibility left. I'd have to check his eligibility. But just seniors on this roster: Carr, Allen, Rice, Desu, Bishop, Cunningham. Yeah, that's six. Uh, who's coming back? Cunningham. We know that Desu maybe. Tyrese Hunter. Still, Hunter. Yeah, Jesus. Well, Hunter's young. Hunter's young. Hunter's young. Oh, sure, yeah, sure. But you were the same guys coming back. Yeah, Hunter's young at least. But like, 
they are gonna have he's gonna have to go to the portal and make I was about to say they, they need one the big acquisition via the portal. Like they like, need like one need... pretty big acquisition uh Simi Allen in the scoring was department. Portal. Rice was portal, Bishop Car. portal, Disu portal. portal, car portal. Like this is the new era of college basketball at this point. Mm-hmm. It's experience and transfers. And Chris Beard realized that very early and said I'm not going to go the Shaka Smart route of getting these Mo Bamba and uh, Jared Allen centers that are five, right. you know, these all these highly rated guys as freshmen. No, I'm right. going to go get guys who I know can play from Timmy Allen and Dylan DeSue and guys like that. Yeah. So now, again, and, as back, them, coach, and back them up with freshmen, right? Exactly. Like Arterio, guys like Arterio Morris, who were who's going to be talented. He has a lot of skill, but it wasn't he wasn't going to play 20 minutes a game this year. And so those are the types of decisions he's going to have to make. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to be really interesting to see is how he constructs this roster. Because if you don't construct a roster that is comparable to the last two years at Texas with how good Kansas State appears to be, uh, Baylor's going to be better than the last year. Houston's coming into the conference. Kansas Oklahoma's is going to be getting better. I mean, I've named – that's at least four teams right there that are going to be top 12 in the country going into next year, right? Mm-hmm. Then you mentioned like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, Iowa State. I didn't even mention, but Iowa State is always very good. Um, You just you go down the list. It's it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I mean, 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 they add they add Cincinnati, they add UCF. Um, Those are top fifty five, I think, in Ken Palm. Yeah, I think is BYU joining as well in basketball. BYU is joining. So that's, you know, like still, that's still 70th, right? The, yeah. the depth is getting insane in, in this conference. I think, again, it's only for one year, but still like it, SEC is not, they're, they're not as good as a big 12, but that's still a lot of talent going on in the SEC. I mean, hell yeah. Even if we're talking Rodney Terry in the SEC, again, you're talking the coaches that he's going against Barnes, Calipari, Buzz Williams, go down oh. the list. Yep. Um, it is, it's going to be, tough no matter where you go and where you play so the roster construction will be one thing because i don't want to take for granted how good and how experienced this freaking roster was Mm. this was this was something special here um it's going to take a lot to get back into the top two top three in the big 12 next year and that's it might be fair it might be unfair but people are going to hold him to now a standard of making the second week of the tournament like being a top five seed and, you know, being a five seed or better in the tournament and then making the second week. That's just what it's going to come down to for him. So, um, but yeah, anything else? Anything else? No. Yeah, no, I guess that that's it for me, man. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hell of a year for them. Um, we know we had high expectations for this program and obviously a disappointing end, but I mean, that doesn't take away from, you know, coming out of a insanely tough Big Twelve, um, being the last one in the state standing, and yeah, we're. I mean, I'm certainly hoping you know that the that the head coaching move goes right for them because, by all indications, Rodden Terry's a great guy. Um, yep. That press conference afterward, you can tell he just cares about the university and the players. Um, so yeah, I hope it goes well, and you know, I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, he has he inherited such a difficult situation. Sure. That for him and the players, I was rooting for them to, you know, do it without beard and to just put that whole situation in the back in the background and just move on and win. And so I'm glad he's gonna have a chance to do it himself because, like you said, I think the players really like him. I think I read a story in the Athletic. I don't remember when it was a month or so ago 
about how they're moving on and how they're, you know, coming together and everything. And this was a really tight knit team led by Rodney Terry. Um, he'll have to hire an assistant coach or two as well. You know, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm curious it, to see what his staff looks like for sure. It's the, it's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces here, but this was one of the biggest storylines for us as a podcast for really the state this entire season. And so mm-hmm. now we have some closure here. Texas season ends. Rodney Terry's the head coach. Uh, moving forward, we will continue to see if we can uh, get him on a podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll see, man. <laughs> so, uh, final four predictions. Who we got winning it now? I, I got UConn winning it, man. They look so, they look like a machine. Um, which would be, I like this UConn team, but like after all the whole like oh no blue bloods or whatever. Of course, a blue blood would blue win blood. it. Like 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 UConn's the one that's still lurking in there. Um, I believe they're the favorites. To win it all, I think Ken Palm or Torvik, I couldn't remember had it, who had it. Uh, both both their first two scenarios are UConn versus whoever from the other side, basically. Yeah. Um, they both more or less penciled in UConn. So we'll see. I would love to see FAU. Um, that'd be just awesome for the sake of parity, which is insane. The fact that a Conference USA team could be playing for USA. If Conference USA wins all three titles of the NCAA, the CBI, and the NIT, <sighs> I will manufacture a banner and hang it over my bed <laughs> and hang the banner <laughs> and um, then we're going to the american next i was year. about to say like is, is charlotte teams. going too Who, yeah charlotte's going too it's the so whole all the whole, three are bouncing they said every what? postseason win conference usa has this year is going to the american next year <laughs> because really western kentucky is wow. usually pretty good they're staying la tech yeah. is usually pretty good they're staying but they weren't good this year so it's right. like you get those teams. You have UTEP staying. Um, wow. FIU staying, I believe. So, but yeah, FAU, North Texas, uh, UAB, uh, Charlotte. Yeah. It's going to be a hell of a basketball conference next year, the American. That's going to be, I know, right? They lose Houston, but they gain, like, that, that conference and gets better depth wise. Like, that Memphis, is Tulane. Nasty. Memphis, like, Memphis, Tulane, FAU, UAB, North UNT as a five. Like, those oh, five God. alone. That's filthy. I don't even care. Like you know, throw Charlotte or whoever else. Sure, yeah, throw one out, throw Charlotte. That's um, filthy. You know, if like USF ever gets back to being good again, you know, so on right. and so forth. So, we'll FAU, see. FAU currently okay. the nation's longest win streak at eleven. Who does? Who is North Texas? FAU. FAU. Oh, FAU. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. FAU. Eleven games, man. That's that's a that's a that's a legit team, man. And North Texas should have beat them at least once. Yeah, I mean that just showed like. I mean, Cusa should have been a multi-bid league for sure, like easily. It's insane that they that they only had one team in there. It's okay. It happens. We just hope. Well, next podcast is all North Texas. I hope y'all know that. All right, we went from <laughs> Texas this podcast. I said, all right, there's one team playing basketball left in the state. Hope it's a North positive. Texas. Hope it's a positive show for Better North be Texas. A positive show. North Texas plays Tuesday night in the NIT against Wisconsin there in Las go. Vegas. There we go. Um, win it, and then on Thursday. If They'll play the winner of uh, UAB and Utah Valley. So we could have some whack versus Conference USA matchup, but we'll see. I think UAB will get it done. So that'll be on Thursday. On Friday, we'll recap that and uh, any other news. Maybe start looking at the portal entrance. As yeah, well. we might have to, but honestly. Uh, I don't know if you heard. Well, <laughs> not me already getting ahead of it, but Quincy Olivari is in the portal. I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Quincy Olivari. I did see. Uh... Was the tenant? I think Trivian Tennyson from Corpus yeah, Christi was in the portal too. Well, 
we'll, we'll get to some. We'll get to we'll some. Get to that where they should go in the state. We're only have everybody. I was about to say, yeah, no. Sorry, Tennyson's almost leave. certainly going to Western Kentucky, but we're going to find out a place where he's going in the state. <laughs> but where would he fit in Texas? That's the real question. Yeah, that's the only question we're asking. Here. North Texas, make some calls. Let's go. Let's get Trey and Tennyson over here. <laughs> so, anyways, that's what we got on Friday. So. Uh, yeah, we thank y'all for joining us. Uh, leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Text Basketball uh, or DCT Basketball, textbasketball.com, uh, at Matthew Bruni underscored, at Ishmael R. Johnson. And we'll be back later this week to see if uh, we get one champion in the state this year. We'll see. Yep.